Uh, we're giving away three pairs of tickets to the M Braves. Uh, you can pick today, tomorrow, or no, no, no. Today's not Friday. You can pick today through Sunday. Yeah. Uh, so just hit us up on the Ag Up Equipment text line. 601-885-3776 and just let us know that you want some Braves tickets. 601-885-3776. They're good tickets. Pete gives really good tickets away. And um, like I said, there's all kinds of shade out at the ballpark. I tell you what, man. Whatever that was, weather that that came in last night, it made it to where sitting out on the back porch was amazing um it was all kinds of cool sky orange and blue and whatever mm-hmm. uh, kind of like the florida gators i guess it was a tribute to tim tebow or something chomp but, chomp baby. yeah that's right i had to do that in studio when joe moorhead decided Remember- to lose to a very pedestrian <laughs> uh florida gator team because i was on some florida gator podcast who they, was it that got mad at you for, for doing it wrong uh, was it Gator Matt? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, and then we and then we found Tebow did it because yes. he's left-handed, and we were like, "Ha ha!" Yeah, because <laughs> he was like, "You have to do it, it you know, right-handed." Is that the worst? Ga- it. We do this in a lot of things, but in sports, we really love to do this. Gatekeeping how someone cheers for their team. Absolutely. I mean, come on. Is that one of the dumbest things? <laughs> hey, you didn't wear the right kind of shirt to this game. You didn't cheer the right kind of way for this team. You must not be a real fan. Can you name the fourth string tackle? Because if you can't, you don't love the dogs and the ribs. I love it. I love it. I'm looking at this picture of Zach Wilson's mom's Instagram. Show's over. She had a a birthday party, and uh, I, I don't know which one she is, but if I picked out any of them, they all look like they're 30 years old. Did she have Zach at eight? Young. Okay. All right. Uh, For our listeners, uh, rumors abound that Zach Wilson, the New York Jets quarterback, uh, hooked up with his mom's uh, best friend. And so now he's kind of a legend within, you know, especially guys, but uh, maybe females too. I'd love your thoughts on it. Uh, Ag Up Equipment text line, 601-885-3776. Blake, tell everybody about Zach Wilson's ex-girlfriend. Her 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 story kind of backfired on her. Yeah, th- this whole thing started, I guess, at the end of last week. And um, sh- they broke up, and she actually ended up like leaving Zach Wilson for another NFL player and like a former teammate or friend of Zach's. Right. It was a very weird thing. And so she came out on social media and kind of tried to trash Zach Wilson and say, oh, well, I left Zach because he hooked up with one of his friend's moms, thinking that would make him look bad. And the internet basically said, you stink, and we all side with Zach Wilson. Right. (laughs) It was not, uh, it did not work out for her the way she, in her mind, envisioned it working out. (laughs) I imagine all her friends hyped her up like, yeah, girl, you got this. This is... You're going to get him. Right. And then she realized nobody cares about her because she's not dating Zach Wilson anymore. (laughs) Isn't it crazy how that happens? It is crazy how that happens. And this is BYU, right? Well, yeah. I think they've been together since BYU. Yes, that is the... Is Zach Wilson a Mormon? That's a great question. Okay, I don't don't know. I don't know that. You know, that's one of those slippery slopes where I think you kind of have to, like, 
just kind of go along with things I if you're at BYU. I think you have to sign the code anyway, yes, either correct, way, right? Correct. And so and you kind of have to just go. Abstinence is one of them. And, and, and no drinking. No drinking no drugs. Anything, yeah. But abstinence, abstinence is, right? I believe that, that's, that's correct. That's part of the code. I believe that's or the correct. Creed or yes. whatever it's called. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, I'm looking at this picture <laughs> of her and her mom. I, I don't think that they're more. I Did mean, you see? I don't know. No, he is not. I, I feel because very confident. it looks like there's some ladies in here with drinks in their hands, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I feel very confident. Uh, Nick says, who would have thought a Jets quarterback would score over 40? That. Nick just won something. I love that guy. He's very funny. He is funny. All right. Uh, we'll figure something <laughs> out. Uh, it's going to be better than a bag of air from from the oh, studio. People love that gift. Well, you you think. I know they do. You you think that people love that gift, and you're going to die on that hill, and I don't blame you. I, I know they do, because every time we do it, although, and we're working on the technical difficulties, but every time we do that, people are like, I want to win the bag of air, or I want to win the signed beer can. It's hilarious. Yeah. Think about that. One day, those those signed bags of air and, and Coors Light cans are going to be worth millions with your signature on them. They'll be, uh, what are those pictures everybody's buying? NFTs? Yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll have our own bag of air and Coors Light can NFTs. Oh, my gosh. We should do a bag of air NFT. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea. It's we, no we, less worth. It's it's less. It's worth no less than any of these other NFTs. Right. <laughs> it's what it's worth whatever we want it to be worth. Exactly. We'll I love put it. Like a thousand dollars. Two thousand. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We can do whatever we this, want. This Coors Light can and bag of air. Yeah. Is worth empty yeah. Coors Light. Can. Yes. Correct. It's drunk. You had you drank it and right. then you signed it. Right. Because we're not giving away beer. This is, no. <laughs> no. We're, we've got new beer coming in studio. Oh, I can't wait. We're excited about that. Dos Equis Green? I, I we're working think on it's it? Dos Equis oh. Green. Yes, sir. And Coors Light. Dos Equis Green and... Uh, mo- I hope they let us keep that Sam Adams Oktoberfest yeah. handle. No, it's good. I think it's pretty awesome. The, the, when I was working at a Mexican restaurant for many moons... Dos Equis Green and Modelo Especial were the two we sold the most of, not Corona. I would have thought it would have been Corona, but it was Dos Equis Green and Modelo Especial. Ah, I think because it was kind of, at the time, this was like 2011, 12, it was like people were looking for the next Mexican beer that wasn't Corona, right? Right. Like trying to find a different and, flavor. And that was during the uh, Stay Thirsty, my friends. Correct. Well, most interesting and man in the world. And yeah. popped, and it had yep. resonated with the country along with other countries. Yeah. And you're exactly right. Um, when when they built that campaign, Dude, that was so brilliant. We sold so much Dos Equis Green. The, it was crazy. The most interesting man in the world slash stay, stay thirsty, my friends. Yeah. Yeah, I've told you this story before. When I spent 30 days in Mexico, every bus that we got on... Had his face on had it? Had a cooler of beer. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. I, didn't re- I don't that, know that I remember this story. Roll. Like, we would get on a bus in Puebla, and they would bus us somewhere else. Yeah? It was like a dollar a beer or something, or a pace, I don't a couple remember pesos. paying for it. Interesting. But I may have. At that point, it was 11 or 12 pesos to the dollar. And, yeah, you know, so we all had plenty of money. Yeah. And That's a good beers <laughs> are only, all right, I want you to think about that. It was 11 or 12 pesos to the dollar at that time. This is 1997. I'm trying to get out of school. Uh, it's taking Spanish three and four. And hold on. Yeah. And and I want you to know that beer that that the beers that we're referencing, Tecate and, and Dos Equis and Corona and Modelo and all the they only cost like two to three pesos. That's crazy. When you would go to a, whatever, a bar or something. And that 
Isn't that insane? That's so cheap. And I love too. This this is one of my favorite facts that I learned about Mexico. Oh wow, you're throwing out that facts a lot of people don't. Show. I don't know that a lot of people know. In America, everyone assu- or I don't know if assumes is the right word, but we look at bottled beer as a better thing than canned beer, right? People typically like yeah. to get it in the bottle more than they some like of to get that has changed. But for years, it yes, was that way. That's when when especially when I was bartending, it was always I don't know, they wanted the bottle. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, in Mexico, cheap beer goes in the bottle because they recycle them. And cans are never recycled. Like, they yeah. don't use cans over again. So, if you buy beer in Mexico, you're supposed to buy it in the can because if you get it in the bottle, someone else has drank out of that bottle already. Yeah. Which I never, you know, I thought that was a weird, interesting little tidbit. That is interesting. All right. That's why Tecate comes in the can. Yeah, Tecate. That's good beer. I haven't had one in forever. It was everywhere in... in yes. Uh, it's water. Yeah. I Correct. Mean, you know, we, we went to four different places, so... Cancun, Mexico City, Puebla, and Acapulco. I mean, it's everywhere. It's water. Yeah, yeah, it's water. But it was on every bus that we got. In fact, we had to bus from Puebla to Acapulco. That's I don't know how we didn't die. We went through the jungle, and I'm not kidding, <laughs> and, and stopped it. Like, they weren't even towns. It would just be like a yeah. a, a shack. A couple mud huts. Yeah. Okay. And, and I mean, easily could have, people could have jumped out, grabbed, yeah. you know, a bunch yeah. of gringos. Speaking of jumping out, you want to know who's jumping out to the lead at the Open Championship? Let me, let me, yeah. All right, so let's let's do that. Hold on, let me drop this. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Our SEC Insider hit this morning is brought to you by Ag Up Equipment. Now, it was Mississippi Ag. It's now Ag Up Equipment. And that's where you go to get your next John Deere tractor or John Deere lawnmower. They'll take care of you 17 locations. AgUp.com. Um, and our text line, Ag Up Equipment text line, is 601-885-3776. Jump in if you would like uh, Mississippi Braves and Braves tickets for the weekend. You can pick your day slash night, Thursday through Sunday. Um, just hit us up on the text line that you would like them, and we'll be happy to uh, give those to you. Boom. We gave away unbelievable bag coolers yesterday. Uh, Hesselbeam was kind enough to throw dozens of us Dozens of them on us. And oh, it's also Thirsty Thursday at the Embraves, and it's Mississippi State Night, so Hell State Night, whatever. Um, and you can dress up as Mike Leach, cargo pants and an untucked shirt. <laughs> Hawaiian shirt. With New Balance and, like, some black socks. And you'll be, you, you can be Mike Leach. You'll need to go to the Farm Bureau Grill and have 10 bourbons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so that's your SEC insider hit. And before we get into this Open Championship update, um, I want to let you know that Highball Eats is open in Fondren for lunch and dinner. It's right by the Capri, the new movie theater. And it's a restaurant first and foremost before it's a movie theater in Bowling Alley. Um, and Robert St. John is one of the owners and the team. They took the greatest hits from Robert St. John's Hattiesburg restaurants and dropped them into the menu at Highball Eats. All right, so fresh seafood, gumbo, Tex-Mex bowls, you name it, they've got a beautiful bar and restaurant along with the Tiki Bar. That's Highball Eats in Fondren, open for lunch and dinner. Try it and let us know what you think. Uh, The gumbo is amazing, fresh fish, it's all good. He took a lot of what was on the Crescent City Grill menu and dropped it in the Highball Eats menu in Fondren. And they're open for for lunch and dinner, and then you can bowl or go to a movie or whatever you want to do, or walk 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 around aimlessly like I do. 
Um, you were going to give me a leaderboard update brought to you by Edwin White's Golf Shop on County Line Road? Yes. All right. So, the leader through all 18 holes because he's done. Cam Young, American, eight under for his first round. Wow. Behind him, Cam Smith, five under. Wow. Ernie Els, five under. Rory McIlroy just birdied number 12. He's now five under. Did you see his eagle putt? It was glorious. It went in and out. Yes. Could have oh been could have been six under. That's yeah. right. And then uh, Lee Westwood four under. So uh, a live golfer up there at the top of the leaderboard in Lee Westwood. So okay. there's your open leaderboard update. All right, open open championship. Some of you reference you know call it the British Open, but they like to call it the Open Championship. Is brought to you by Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. They'll get your golf game where it needs to be before you hit Live Oaks Golf Club. Fair enough. And Boom. smash a cheeseburger um, and some onion rings at Roosevelt's at Live Oaks Golf Club. Good morning. Welcome in on a championship Thursday. Uh, we're hitting the Zach uh, Wilson story, New York Jets QB. Um, rumors are swirling that uh, he hooked up with his mom's best friend. He's now become a legend uh, on the inter- interwebs. And so you can weigh in on that if you would like. Um, people have gotten a big kick out of that. Uh, we also have some Dave Bartu audio here. And if you're, if you're an Ole Miss rebel or Mississippi state bulldog this year, uh, you would love to beat the Auburn Tigers. And this year, the two teams host Auburn last year, the two teams went on the road and believe it or not, Ole Miss was the better team, but they lost to Auburn. Mississippi State was down 25 and beat Auburn. 40 straight points. And the only reason you did that is because you were running a a passing attack air raid offense. You would have never, ever, ever, ever done that with any other team that you had in the history of your program. Even good ones, like when John Bond was playing and and some other guys. So Sleepy Robinson and Rocky Felker. Um, So... You, Ole Miss and Mississippi State are both hosting uh, Auburn this year. And this, in fact, Auburn, you could argue, is uh, in trouble. No, no, you couldn't argue. They are in trouble. This is what Dave Bartu had to say about the Auburn staff. I think Auburn's coaching staff is is bottom two in the SEC. I think it's bad, really bad. <laughs> War Eagle. Hey, y'all went to the College World Series. Yikes. Okay. And the Final Four not too long ago. Was that two years ago, I guess, or something like that? Last year? Bruce, I can't Bruce remember. Pearl, baby. Yeah. Um, He's like Jimbo Fisher. He doesn't pay for recruits. Yeah. They just show up. Yeah. Those barbecues are sanctioned. Right. Um, Brian Harson, dead man walking. When, when you are in a group with Vanderbilt and you're not talking about baseball, oh, man. it's probably not a good conversation to have. No question. Right? Like, that's... You know, unless we're talking about like academic prowess or baseball championships, you don't want to be in the same sentence as Vanderbilt. And that's who he referenced is it's Brian Harson and Clark Lee at Vanderbilt, who none of you know, but he looks like he could be your accountant. Right. Um, those are the two worst staffs in the league. Auburn, top 15 recruiter, multiple national titles, um, transcendent players, big moments in the shadow of Nick Saban. And you have by data because Dave Bartu does not care one way or the other by the data you have the second worst staff in the conference 
So Ole Miss and Mississippi State need to take advantage of that. You have to. Right. If you're Lane Kiffin, you have to win this year. You, right. And if you're Mike Leach, you have to win that game It'd be again pretty big, yeah. Because it's at home, mm-hmm. and Mike's already staring down the barrel of what many people believe is the toughest schedule in the country. Because not only do you draw BAM every year, but guess what? You, you draw the second most talented team, the Georgia Bulldogs. Well, and the third and fourth most talented teams. That's true. In LSU, LSU and, A&M. and A&M. Yeah. So you play four, <laughs> the top four most talented teams in the country. And I would have to say that you don't have a chance against two of them. And No chance. And so you've got ten games to play with. To win six? To win seven. You need to win seven. Okay, fair year. enough. And and so your margin for error is, uh, and this is not Mike Leach's fault, or Will Rogers, or Tyrus Weed, or whatever. Um, but you, yeah, you need to win. You need to beat Auburn at home. So are you saying State and Mike Leach have to go seven and three in I, the ten games that that they can win? I, because when you take Bama and Georgia. It is possible, but it is extremely difficult. Improbable, maybe, is the right word. That's a better word. Um, look, Bama and Georgia take them off, okay? You got 10 games. Yeah. You need to win seven. Yikes. That's uh, tough. It's a brutal schedule. I hadn't really looked at it. Th- I hadn't thought about it that way, but it's obvious you're not winning those two games. Right. Barring catastrophic injury right. to Georgia or Alabama. Right. Yeah. Yes. So you're, you basically start 0-2. Day one. Yes. And if you're Alabama, or I mean, if you're Ole Miss, you start 0-1. For most of the SEC West, you start 0-1 right. at the beginning of the year. Right. Yeah, Ole Miss has 11 games to play with. Yeah. That's exactly right. Luckily, of their 11, they don't play Georgia. And re- in reality, the, they the Kentucky... They pulled in Kentucky. The Kentucky pool is actually not great for them, but it's still so winnable. Yeah. I think Kentucky's the second best team in the East. I don't. Who is? Uh, I think Florida will be. Can't trust them. And, well, with Billy Napier there now, uh, yeah. I do. And, um, you know, they've got two good quarterbacks that they can choose from, uh, which I think is exciting. Uh, two guys that people feel yeah. like could play and make plays. Dane Brugler dropped at Anthony AR-15, Richardson. Yeah. Anthony Richardson, but also the Ohio State transfer. I can't remember his name. Um, and then uh, South Carolina will be as good as Kentucky. And with Spencer Rattler, Blake, they may be better. Who PFF had as their third-rated QB heading into the season in college football. Okay. I don't know if I believe that. That sounds high. That sounds real high. They had him ahead of C.J. Stroud. But I think people forget how well he played at Oklahoma before that last thing happened. And and they put Caleb Williams in. Uh, And I understand the Big 12 doesn't play defense unless you're Dave Aranda and Baylor against Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. But other than that, the Big 12 does not play defense. But still, he played really well. So even though Shane Beamer, according to the analytics, has a terrible offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. you would think they're going to be better because last year they weren't any good. They just beat Auburn in Florida, who was falling apart. And those are huge wins, just like for our yeah. schools here. When you beat those two teams, you don't care if they're up or down. No. You win. They're, both, they're still always going to be physical teams with athletes. 
just because they're not well coached mm-hmm. is not your fault. Yeah. You beat them and you're you're excited. No, you beat who you beat who lines up in front of you. Right, and it, it is what it, and that's what Shane Beamer's going. Hey, I beat Auburn when he, when it's contracted. I beat Auburn in Florida. <laughs> right, and he lets you know. Yeah, yeah. Mike I Leach will do the same thing. His press conference after both. I'm sorry, on the field. Yes, when the sideline reporter who we're going to have Tom Luganville coming up at eight thirty. When the sideline reporter was interviewing Shane Beamer, head football coach for the South Carolina Gamecocks. He looked incredulous. Who married a Mississippi State alum because he met her when he was an assistant coach at Mississippi State under Sylvester Croom. But he was just thrilled. Thrilled. So, so do, does Shane Beamer go under the Croom coaching tree? How's that work? He does. <laughs> I guess he goes under his father's too. No, I And know. Lincoln Riley. I'm teasing. But uh, yeah, Shane was the recruiting coordinator for Sylvester Croom. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, look. I'd rather play South Carolina than Kentucky, though, I guess, at the end of the day. I still think Kentucky with Will Levis, even as bad as Bartu said their OC hire was. Uh-huh. And are we surprised Mark Stoops went with a bad OC? No. No. But I still think Will Levis, it's going to be interesting to see, is Will Levis as good as some of the draft analysts think he is? Can he elevate that Kentucky program? And look, if you're Ole Miss, Probably in, not. If you're Ole Miss in state, you can't lose that game, but you could lose that game. Right. Yeah, Mike's margin for error, he plays... Uh, Oh, my goodness. That's a brutal stretch. Mike's got A&M at home, Arkansas at home, at Kentucky, at Bama. Yikesy. I mean, that's tough, dude. That is brutal. If you don't The physicality, go, and that's that's after two road games and at Arizona and at LSU. You know, Ole Miss opens up with two cupcakes, Troy and Central Arkansas at home. Yeah. They'll beat the two 149. And then you get to go to Atlanta to play Georgia Tech. But, uh, which but Hang on, hang on. Mississippi State's first three games are Memphis, which both these schools have lost to at Ole Miss's best best team in the history of their program in 2015. Yes, counting the 60s. Their, their best team in the history of their program, by far, 2015, lost to Memphis. Mississippi State opens up with Memphis, then at Tucson, Arizona, and at Baton Rouge. That's brutal. Yeah, it's terrible. That's terrible. But that four-game stretch of A&M at home, Arkansas at home, at Kentucky, and at Bama? Woof. If you woof. don't go 3-1 and one to start the season, you're in deep water. Yeah. Deep water. Yeah. You got to go You got to you go have to be. One. You have to go 4-0 and oh non-con, and I don't know that you will. Because going to Atlanta to play Georgia Tech – much easier than going to Arizona to play Arizona. Just thinking about travel and the difference and, and everything. I don't think Arizona's a great team, but when you go out west like that, you know, things can get a little weird out yeah, there. And, that's true. And so, I, yeah, I don't know, man. That's a tough schedule. When was the last time they pl- I know they played BYU in, was Fitzgerald. in 2000. Yeah. 2000. Oh, no, Fitz went out there and yeah, lost they lost game. in overtime, remember? That's dropped right. The, who, somebody dropped a pass in the back left yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah, my mom yeah, and dad yeah. were at that game. Were they really? Yeah, because my dad uh, scheduled a was recruiting? recruiting trip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, is that the last time they played out there? That's, or, or I, out, that's the farthest west. Out west. Yes, I think so. Correct. Okay. Yeah. They played out in BYU in like 2000. Seven. Desenzo Miller ran all yeah. over him. I think the Fitz one was 16 or 7. 16. It was the bad year. Okay. So it was when Mullen hired Peter Sermon. Yeah, because I went to the Kentucky game that year. And they lost on a last-second field goal. Kentucky kicked a 50. I was already at the Hilton Bar, but 
Out of Bounds, brought to you by Ag Up Equipment and your next John Deere tractor at Ag Up Equipment. That's Ag Up Equipment. Tom Luganville at 830.